paid good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. Folks, welcome to a special episode of the Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with Robbie Banfitch, the writer, director, and star of the new film, The Outwaters. It is available now via streaming. Check it out, and I hope you enjoy the interview. This is not your first feature, if memory serves. You've actually directed a feature before? It's not out yet. So it's my first, it's my feature debut, but it's not the first feature that I directed. Oh, wow. How did that work out? Uh, just because the first feature I directed still doesn't have an original score, it's taking the back burner. Can you tell me a little bit about you and how you got involved with filmmaking? I grew up in suburban New Jersey and was a big early Jurassic Park, Jaws, Star Wars fan. So that got me, or from a very early age, interested in filmmaking. I started making movies when I was about 10, made them all throughout middle school and high school. I went to School of Visual Arts in New York City for film. Went was there for four years, graduated, moved to Hollywood. Hollywood. And I worked at an independent film company for a couple of years. Uh, then I wound up working at Greenpeace and just kind of was not making my own projects. And I was focused on my day job. And after like five or six years of that, I started getting the itch again. I was like, I have to make my movie movie. 
So that's where these projects were born in the, uh, not midlife crisis, but like, oh shit, like, you know, we were all going to die at some point. So better stuff. <laughs> Looking mortality in the face at such a young age. I love it. Oh, uh, well, I was a big six feet under fan. So yes, I'm glad I'm, I'm grateful to know that we are actually mortal. I have to ask this question, even though I hate asking this question, but where did the idea for the outwaters come from? It came from the word outwaters, which not a word, although apparently it's a last name, which I found out after I made the movie. No, um, my, one of my favorite words is outland. Just I like the poetry of that word and what it means. So somewhere in there, I, outwaters popped into my head and then I was like, that's a great old title. So I better be the one to make it because I can't let that title go to waste. So all the images and the story were born out of thinking about that word as a film title. And then uh, the story was was built from there. So specifically with this movie, the, the ideas were explored from initial images and the story was explored and crafted around, built around an ex- like an initial image, whereas my other films not necessarily um, are not like that. Tell me about your main actor, this guy, Robbie Van Fitch. I yeah. think you say his yeah. name. It feels like the guy's got some issues. It yeah. feels like he must have been really tough to, to work with. Yeah. Actually, I am tough. So I'm like super, um, no, I'm pretty decent. I just get, I get, it's hard. It's, I get like frustrated very easily. So when you're shooting out in the desert, sometimes if something's not going your way, like you're being swarmed by bees or or the wind is too much, I can get mental loop of like, ah, but luckily I've gotten better at that over the course of the three features that I've made. So I'm pretty easy to work with. I don't mind dumping blood on myself or running around naked and in 110 degrees with a heavy camera setup. Do you ever regret working in the desert? No, I, I want to go. I, I. I'd go back out there. Uh, I went back out there and shot more stuff for the um, prequel memory card, card zero. So I, I love an excuse to go shoot in the desert. I just like being out there or anywhere. That's why all, all three of my movies take place in nature, a lot of them. And in all seriousness, tell me about your other cast members. I'm so curious how you know them and how they got involved with this. Scott and Michelle, we all worked together at Greenpeace. So we've known each other for many years and they're good friends. We were good friends at work and outside of work. Ange and I met in New York City when I when we were both like in our early twenties in college. I used to hang out at her school and wait for hot boys because it was she went to Fashion Institute of Technology and I went to SVA and most of the gay guys were at FIT. So that's how I met Ange by just hanging out over there for dating purposes. But no, we've all been friends for a long time. So, and they all have, obviously I like all their personalities. That's why I chose them for this. And you mentioned card zero. And I have to say, I love this whole like expanded universe that you've created and just the way that especially music plays such a important part in this. I know you're a big music fan. Like it's so unusual to look at your Twitter profile and be like, oh, you links to a Spotify list, not to an IMDb profile, which is very unusual, but each of these characters or some of these characters, I should say, having playlists and having so much diegetic music. I I love the world that you're creating. Thank you. This is a good opportunity to mention that all the music is diegetic. And if something sounds like music later on, it might not be music. 
this is just for certain to enhance one's enjoyment. No, it was important to me that the music in the film be diegetic considering it's found footage. So I thought it was a unique opportunity to get a variety of different songs into a movie because it would be based on what the different characters were playing in the background as, as we all do in life. Most people love music. I love music. So it was, it was a fun opportunity to, to showcase some stuff that people haven't heard before. No, it's really nice. It's kind of like a, like a really good mixtape. I am known for making the best mixtapes by my friends. What's your mixtape philosophy? I don't know. I just spend a lot of time playing around with the order of the songs until they all flow like amazing. But I spend like a lot of time. I also used to like burn CDs and hand draw like illustrations on the covers and like give them to people. Well, tell me a little bit more about making this movie. I mean, when did you actually shoot it? Just sporadically due to work and then COVID over the course of like two and a half years, but most of it was like 25 combined days of desert shooting. And then all the stuff outside of the desert was kind of like random and not, I wouldn't even consider it like a shoot necessarily. I'm like, oh, can you come over and do this scene? I have an idea. It was leisurely and complete freedom. And I obviously enjoy working that way. <laughs> and what was your post process like? Me sitting where I'm sitting now for 18 hours a day for days on end sometimes followed by long breaks of not looking at this movie so I could distance myself and come back to it with fresh eyes. So just lots of editing. I mean, so much playing around. And and although the film is intended to feel raw and unedited, it's very specifically and carefully designed. But yeah, no, I mean, that's my favorite process. Editing, sound editing, movie editing. This is my favorite part. Found footage film is, is always so interesting to me, especially you know, some people don't seem to have the care that you showed in Outwaters, where you actually seem to really be holding on to this verisimilitude as far as this is actually found footage. This isn't just something that we're saying is found footage, but then you're just like, well, where did they get the lights? And how is this? And, you know, like VHS movie series where you're just like, well, obviously none of this stuff was actually shot on VHS and it doesn't look like you're showing it on a VHS tape. It's just this weird conceit, but I love what you were doing with Outwaters and really making me feel like I'm seeing footage that has been recovered. That was to me the most important part from the very beginning. If I'm going to make a found footage movie, I would like to go back to the roots of the Blair Witch Project and make it feel raw and i would like to use cameras that actual people use if they are out shoot so for example in tinsman road which is the upcoming one i shot on mini dv and actually just shot on mini dv rather than using a weird filter if i'm gonna do another found footage movie it would be great it would be great to actually shoot it on video on like an old camcorder so i uh, it just depends on the story some stories would work for that so tinsman road i could never imagine making with the camera i made outwaters with but I could imagine making outwards with the camera I use for Tins and Roads. It just depends on the story or the vision or whatever. When you said that you would get up and walk away from working on Outwaters, were you working on other projects or were you just kind of going back to the day job type thing? This watching Real Housewives. Is the, is the film pretty informed by Real Housewives? More the behind the scenes. Sometimes Ange and I would get into little Housewives-esque fights. And then we would have like our, our little scenes together in real life, not filmed where we would, all right, let's just meet in the McDonald's parking lot and 
move past this. Let's move forward. That's what they always say. Now. We have to move forward because we have to stay on the show. When did you actually premiere? What was the history of the film after it was done? We had our world premiere at the New Jersey Film Festival in New Brunswick, New Jersey, which is the town I was born in. So that was very full circle. Unfortunately, Omicron started right before that. So they canceled the in-person portion, but it was all virtual. But that's where we had our premiere. And then the first physical in a theater premiere was in the Unnamed Footage Festival in San Francisco last March. My first time seeing anything I've done like on the big screen. So that was a cool life moment. And uh, Tizen Road will premiere at Unnamed Footage Festival at the end of March next month. So busy couple months for me of editing and and editing. You mentioned the bees earlier. And do I understand right that the bee stuff actually happened? That what we see in the movie is partially what really happened? That's all what really happened. Ange and I were pretending we were on a Real Housewives cast trip. We were in the desert, so we were just like pouring water on ourselves and having some kind of cocktail. And I guess the bees were attracted to the water. And then when we were doing our tent scene inside the tent, started noticing their shadows flit by and, and whatnot. When we came out of the tent and we were done with the scene, uh, there was like at least 100 bees covering everything. And we had to run to the car. I was getting hit in the face with bees. They didn't sting me, but I was getting smacked by them. And then we had to abandon the location until it got dark. Wound up at a Denny's. Came back to the location in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the night, in the darkness to retrieve our belongings. Camped out and then woke up with the bees on our tent again, like a mile or two from where we were shooting. So they like followed, you know, I'm sure their scent, they left their scent all over that shit. <laughs> Little assholes. But they made for a good scene. And then one of the bees was attracted to my fake blood. So there is a shot of a bee that decided it wanted to hang out in the food. It really, the fake blood was basically food. So that did nod to my favorite horror movie, Candyman, a little bee in blood. So I appreciate that bee specifically. My favorite character. You've got another movie coming out next month or premiering next month, I should say. I mean, how many things are you working on at a time? Not usually many. It's just while I was editing out Waters. I wanted to make another movie because I had the idea. So that's why that happened. And then the only reason that my first one's not out yet is that's been done for a while in terms of the shoot and the edit. It's just on um, this. It's a silent feature length film. So there, there needs to be an extremely complicated and amazing score. And I just haven't had time to figure that out or pay somebody for that. So that's why that's hanging in the background. I'm looking forward to a break. I would like to go to Miami and dance. Yeah, that's an interesting time in my life these past couple months. So other than dancing in Miami, what's next for you? I'd like to go somewhere to write a couple of scripts after all this dies down in a, in a few months. So I was thinking somewhere in Montana and then maybe Australia, Hawaii, and just like kind of write. But obviously, I would need the resources to do that, and I don't currently have them. So we'll see. But I do need to get writing again. I haven't um, had time to. Not busy enough for the housewives, but I am pretty busy. <laughs> well, Robbie, thank you so much for your time. It was great talking with you and meeting you. You as well. No flowers here. No
Oh, it's just a spell. 